right, and welcome to another episode of Tea with Dr. D. This is Dr. Ron Dumar, chiropractic physician, functional health specialist, and Chinese medicine doctor. Today we're going to talk about dizziness. Dizziness is uh, something that, uh, vertigo, um, benign proximal positional vertigo, and uh, there's a variety of other vestibular issues that can cause dizziness and vertigo to occur. Also, um, we'll be addressing certain uh, issues or certain strategies. We'll be discussing certain strategies to help with that. Now, dizziness, I, I remember when I was, I went out uh, spearfishing, and it was one of the first times that I'd actually been spearfishing, but it was, boy, it was a fun thing to do. And if you haven't been spearfishing, I, I highly recommend it, um, mostly for the diving and, and observing sea life, uh, I loved it. And it's such a peaceful, wonderful um, environment down there. I did not catch or spear anything, although a friend of mine did. Uh, but I did see walking along the, the floor of the ocean uh, all sorts of life, creatures, crab, uh, lobster, and all sorts of fun stuff. So it was, it was definitely an adventure. Now, I... I swam up uh, to the top of the surface, and then I drop down, and then I go up. And they have to you have to make sure you have properly weighted um, vest, essentially, or a suit or a belt that you wear, uh, so that it, so that you don't you know you don't just float frequently to the surface, and you're constantly fighting to keep yourself down under the water. Um, that is. That was something that was super beneficial and helpful. But then you do also have to, you know, get yourself up to the surface uh, more readily when you need to. So I found that as I, as I dove and then came back up for air and then dove and came back up for air, I started to find that, ooh, I'm, I'm starting to get a little bit dizzy here. I'm getting, uh, I, I'm having a little bit of a problem here. Even even keeping my bearings, so I, at that point, I'd been out quite a bit, you know, for quite a long time, and I hadn't. I would say that I hadn't uh, certainly done that, you know, it wasn't part of my repertoire uh, to that point, and so I think I was a little bit unsettled for sure. Swam back to the boat and got back on the boat and just let myself settle back in. And uh, boy, it was pretty pretty disturbing. But I did. I felt dizzy and faint, and almost like I was about ready to pass out. And I was really really fortunate to make it back to the boat at that time. Well, that night we we needed to well we were going to go to sleep, and we were sleeping on the boat. It was just a little you know uh, fishing boat, and it had a. a a hole or a front area that allowed you to lay down. It slept probably about four people. And so we laid down in that, in the boat, and it rocked back and forth and back and forth, the waves just rocking, rocking. And I remember, how am I going to fall asleep? How on earth am I going to fall asleep? And then all of a sudden, boom, I was asleep. And I woke up the next day, no problem. And uh, I had very little issue after that as far as feeling any sort of dizziness or any sort of faintness or like I was going to pass out at all. And it was, it was super interesting, but I had adjusted or I had adapted to the 
to the uh, constant rocking of the ocean. Now the next day, we had to head back, so we went, we drove, um, rode the boat out, and we docked, and and then I got back on land. I remember as soon as I got off the dock, because the dock was still a little bit wavy, so I was okay with that, but as soon as I stepped on firm, dry land, I remember thinking, oh, that feels funny. I feel like I'm still moving. My body felt like it was still moving, and everywhere I went, it was in the car, I still felt like I was moving, and then I stepped out of the of the truck that we were riding in onto the, the, the cement, and I was walking on the sidewalk, and I still felt like I was waving side to side, side to side, and that that lasted it permeated that effect it lasted for a good i'd say it lasted for a good day or two it didn't it did not want to go away it did it persisted and it just hung in there and then eventually it did subside and i was i felt better and better and i didn't feel like i was turning or spinning or or rocking and i felt like the ground was firm and okay again but literally it felt like the ground was moving underneath my feet it felt like my world like I was I was not going to stay steady on my feet and I had to be very very judicious and very careful with each step that I took now that is an interesting experience that I had because it allowed me some some level of empathy for patients who present as they regularly do with spells of dizziness, vertigo, uh, and 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 even just you know any sort of disruption of their balance, right? So when people feel like their balance is off or their equilibrium, or uh, they're, they're feeling like they're waving or dizzy or rocking. Uh, there's all sorts, or that the world is spinning. Uh, patients can frequently feel e- any, any of these type of effects from it. So it's important for us to uh, evaluate, okay, what is it that we're actually dealing with? Because uh, as in my case... I had obviously been on a rocking boat. There was a, there was a very real purpose or reason, you know, that I could point to for why I was feeling that way, and my body did eventually adapt to it, uh, and then it had to readapt to dry land. Now, none of my colleagues had experienced that; they they weren't experiencing it at all, but I was, and I felt like now. That was really an inner ear issue that I'd had. And there are, there are things that can occur, whether you have an infection or you have increased pressure or buildup of, uh, of a mucus or fluid within the inner ear, that you can develop um, uh, inflammation. You can develop inflammation in there, and it, it will give you a pretty severe case of vertigo and the, the these are i would say these vestibular neuritis labyrinthitis is what we call it frequently 
they're they're suggested to be the most abrupt and uh, most severe type of vertigo. And it generally relates to or is coinciding with a respiratory infection. Um, And it can last for several days and it will gradually diminish over weeks. So distinguishing that from some other type of vertigo, such as um, benign proximal positional vertigo, that's suggested when there's, say, a brief episode of moderate, you could still have deg- a severe vertigo, um, but it's associated with a specific, like a provocative head movement, where when you go from seated to standing, or you're moving your head, or turning your head side to side, it it uh, really, really comes on strong, and then it gradually diminishes over about a month or two, usually without any hearing loss. So with benign proximal positional vertigo, there is a maneuver called Epley's maneuver that we'll frequently walk our patients through. And that comes down to a series of um, turning onto your side, rotating, laying your head back, turning your head to the other side, moving your body, sitting back up. And it goes, it's a series of kind of turning from side to side, rotating. And what you're trying to do is move. You're trying to move and reposition certain crystals that are found within the cochlea. And so within this, there's a fluid that moves up and down within the cochlea and the determination of where that fluid is, we, we use that to basically determine where we are neurologically in space. So the inner ear, the nerves, they, they sense all of the pressure changes and where the fluid is moving within the cochlea and it gives out a feedback input to say, hey, this is what's happening, this is where you are in space. And... Uh, then it allows our bodies to calibrate correctly and we orient ourselves appropriately. When that starts to get stuck or, or is unable to or impeded, its flow is impeded or improperly um, moving, then we can experience bouts of dizziness, of vertigo. And they can be quite severe and they can last quite a long time. There, so there are various um, herbals that we can utilize. One of my favorite herbals that I prescribe uh, for our patients, um, clear sinus, cool throat, which has a number of antivirals, antibacterials in it, but also focuses on the upper respiratory system and enables the draining from the, uh, from the inner ear. Now, one thing that can happen, too, is there's an auditory tube, an auditory tube that flows from the inner ear to the back of your throat. And this is where fluid is supposed to drain from the inner ear to the back of the throat and to allow for a proper balance of fluid in the inner ear. Now, if this, it was kind of interesting, I, I was talking to a patient who had presented with just this type of complaint and we needed to um, address the auditory tube. And I had spoken to her about it and what it was and what its purpose was and its function. And she kind of looked at me and said, that's gross, right? 
Like, it's gross. You mean my inner ear fluids draining into the back of my throat? That's, that's gross. And so, yeah, it was, uh, it was, you know, sometimes you got to get past that. And I just said, well, yeah, just swallow. <laughs> just swallow. <laughs> oh, so anyway, we, we utilize the herbs because they help to keep clean the, the lining and the tissue of the throat. And they also help with the fluid to make sure it's not congealing too much so that it can move through that auditory tube. What will happen sometimes is it'll become, the fluid will become a little sludge-like and it will have a difficult time moving through that, that tube and therefore pressure can build up in the inner ear. Now, if that starts to happen, we can have a maneuver that we can do. We do a sweep on that auditory tube where we can push pressure almost like a siphon. Uh, when I was a kid, <laughs> I saw I saw my brother siphon gas. I siphoned a bit of gas myself and uh, and watched my dad do it. But the old way we used to do it, he'd have a, a, a little hose, you know, a short hose, maybe about the half the length of your arm. You'd stick it into the gas bucket and then you'd have it leading over to the um, piece of equipment that you wanted to get gas to. And if, if you weren't able to get the siphon moving and get the hose properly transferring the gas, sometimes what you'd do is you could blow into the gas tank. And, and usually if you blew into the gas tank, well, that gas could start coming back real quickly. And so you had to pay attention to make sure you didn't get anything in your mouth uh, uh, you know, you didn't want to get any gas in your mouth. So you had to make sure you were really quick and would move that hose out as efficiently as possible and get it right into the, uh, the receiver for the gasoline. So this is essentially, it's like a fluid lock, right? So if you're, you're trying to siphon the gas, it's not coming. There's some sort of pressure differentiation. It's not happening. It's not happening. You blow, <laughs> And then, boom, the, the gas will come back with a little bit of uh, encouragement. The gas comes, and then you're filling up your tank. Well, what we do is we sweep on that auditory tube, push. So you're pushing it almost up towards the ear where the pressure is, right? So we're pushing, pushing, pushing. We sweep it a few times, and then, boom, it comes back, and it begins to drain. And almost instantly, patients tell me that they do feel draining down the back of their throat, and, uh, and then they start to feel pressure within their inner ear release. And so this is a very beneficial tool that we utilize for upper respiratory ear infections that may be causing any sort of dizziness or vertigo. The other one, uh, the other tool that I mentioned before is that we use Epley's. Another thing that we can do that's been really beneficial is um, auricular acupuncture or sometimes called battlefield acupuncture, or ASP needle acupuncture. And these are little studs that we insert into the ear in different points to help stimulate the brain and the nervous system to uh, regulate uh, their, their uh, output. So we send messages to the brain, and then the brain sends signals to the areas specifically that we've targeted using the needles so that we can uh, rebalance and recalibrate them. Now, one of the other things that we can do that we like to do is to utilize ozone. Ozone is a beneficial substance for uh, 
neutralizing um, pathogenic factors. It's also super good at hyperoxygenating cells, at donating oxygen molecules for the production of ATP synthesis so that it powers mitochondria in the cell. It's a very, very beneficial uh, substance, but it helps with uh, definitely cleaning out and clearing out the upper respiratory area. So what we would do is we would use a syringe and we would uh, get ozone filled into that syringe and ozone has three oxygen molecules. Oxygen, as we know of oxygen, has two oxygen molecules double bound and ozone has three oxygen molecules single bound. Uh, Ozone is um, uh, not as stable, near as stable at all as oxygen. In fact, it's quite unstable and so you have to use it quite quickly after producing it. So what we will do is we'll fill up a, a syringe with ozone and then we would plunge that intranasally um, and it will, it will work its way through and perfuse its way through the sinus cavity and uh, through the mucosal membrane in the sinus as well. And it will really help to clear out all the debris, the pathogenic factors to neutralize them and eliminate uh, anything that might be harming or ailing you and causing uh, continual inflammation and irritation to the nerves that uh, run through the the ear, uh, like cranial nerve 8, that assist with vestibular and balance type function. So... Hopefully that's been uh, beneficial for you. There are definitely plenty of other ways to to have or to feel dizziness or to experience dizzy symptoms, but those are uh, two of the most common that we experience, and also the those two are the most readily treatable, and and um, they respond very quickly and easily to the care that we provide. So if you know anyone that is experiencing dizziness uh, or that they feel uh, the world is spinning or they feel like they're on a ship, and if if you know anyone experiencing vertigo, send them our way. Uh, We'll take good care of them. And uh, I hope that you enjoyed this. It was beneficial for you all. And I'd say stay well and healthy, all. Until next time.